The following program contains mature subject matter. Listener discretion is advised. Turn us on and the satisfaction's guaranteed. Frank discussion with passion on CJD 800. Welcome to Trouble Tuesdays on the program where I answer your questions all evening long. So if you have a question that you uh, want answered about your sex life, your relationship, or general mental health issues, you can text me at 514-800. You can call in at 514-790-0800. Or you can always choose to email me uh, with uh, to laurie at drlaurie.com. Com. So I'm going to start with some questions that were here from last night, which I never got to, which I, I want to talk about. First one, hi, Dr. Lori, how do I deal with an adult man, long-term boyfriend, that seems to be very easy for him to detach? It seems to be related to when he was a child and the family was moving around a lot. He made friends easily, but also learned to say goodbye easily too, because he had to at the time. It's not healthy helping out our current relationship. So you bring up actually, you have it right there. Like the, your, your hypothesis is probably right on in terms of how he developed adult relationships, because there's a a theory that we use called attachment theory by John Bowlby was the first to, uh, to talk about this, but it, um, it's the way that we attach in childhood also uh, dictates how we will attach in adulthood. So if, for example, in childhood, you didn't have a sense of safety, um, like where there was anxiety around that, and maybe you're right with him moving around, not not having consistency uh, and all of that could certainly have affected him in his, in the way he bonds to people. So this trend, this, continues into um into adulthood and i'm just wondering what like maybe to analyze when he detaches oftentimes people detach when they feel um unsafe when they feel they may risk losing the person they love for example and that causes an internal sense of panic and uh, and it, the person goes into a fight or flight response. So fighting meaning they could get aggressive or flight, they detach, they remove themselves. And then the other partner feels like they're chasing down because they want to attach to this person. Like that kind of attachment is necessary in love relationships. We, we have that dependency in each other. Uh, it's a healthy dependency that we create because we're humans and we need that connection. It's all about connection. So sometimes fearing the connection um, is something that uh, could play out in this or fear of losing that connection since he never was able to trust of course, these are all hypotheses, right? But because he was never able to to uh, build trust in connections that they would stay there, then uh, of course he carries this in his adulthood. So I'm going to give you the name of a book, which is uh, explains this a little bit. So there's a couple of books actually. There's one called Attached. I forget who the um, author was, but it, it explains this process very well. And there's one called uh, hold me tight 
by Sue Johnson and it really talks about the dance between couples and how attachment in that respect plays a really vital role and we need to uh, definitely need to understand this uh, in our relationships like un- because a lot of it is done unconsciously we're not like aware that we're doing this we just kind of look at the surface stuff right well if you didn't do this I wouldn't do that and we blame each other and we get into this pattern when really if we looked underneath those words we see the person's fear we see the person's pain uh, and so sometimes um, certainly if you go for couples therapy with someone who practices this, like who understands this and who works in that attachment, um, you can look for emotionally focused, emotional focused therapy. Um, someone who practices that, who has been trained in that to be able to look at the attachment and explain the issues that are going on in your relationship. So find a a therapist. If you uh, want a referral or you'd like to see me, you can just, uh, contact me, Lori at drlori.com, and I'll be happy to, uh, to help you find someone who could do that for you. Uh, let's see. Remember the guy whose wife gave into that fantasy and she never looked back. So this person's writing, uh, last night we, we answered a question about a guy whose fantasy, he had his fantasy of his wife having sex with other men and watching. And it's true. I think you're referring to a story I once told about a man who was, pushing his wife to have an open marriage where they were able to have uh, casual sex, let's say with other people. And she finally, uh, said fine. And she was the first one to get a lover and he, the husband freaked out and wasn't able to handle it. And the wife was like, well, you opened the door. I like it now. So too bad. So sad. So you have to really (laughs) like be careful what you wish for and the difference between fantasy and, um, reality, right? Makes a big, a big difference here. Uh, can you explain the difference between erotic and, uh, sexy in the sex way? I'm not sure what you mean in the sex way, but eroticism is quite different from sexy. I would say that sexy is your perceived visuals of what you find to, or or an attitude or something that, that you find arousing for you. Um, eroticism is talks more about, um, uh, an experience so, like when you, uh, transcend just the senses and you go into, you connect with somebody at that level where, um, you can create, go where you can go into your mind and create fantasies and things like that. That is part of, uh, eroticism. So it's not just about the sex, but it's, it goes deeper uh, than that. You, it, it includes your emotions and your passion, uh, your spirituality, all of that tied in, ties into um, eroticism. So I don't know if anybody else could explain it better. Uh, go ahead. The difference between uh, erotic and uh, sexy, at least that's how I think I would describe it. If anybody else wants to add 514-800. Uh, 
Uh, Texter writes in, not firm, cannot penetrate any suggestions. So you, uh, I don't know how firm is not firm. So I guess it's not firm enough for penetration. I would want to know a few things like how old are you? Um, if you are older, let's say older than 50, I would say you need to uh, check this out medically. So we need to find out. Uh, are you able to have full erections with masturbation? If that's the case, then I would say the problem is more psychological and then we'd have to look at the performance anxiety. Uh, so those are some of the things we want to look at. At the same time, you can, when you're with your doctor, have proper tests done to see your cholesterol, your blood pressure, all these other things that could indicate another uh, a problem in another area if you're having trouble with your erections, a blockage somewhere, mm-hmm. and then ask for um, maybe Viagra or one of those medications that might help. So without a full assessment, it's really hard for me to tell you which direction uh, to go in. But, uh, again, you can reach out and, uh, and get that kind of full assessment as well, or speak to, uh, your, uh, your medical doctor. More questions, uh, coming up for you. And if you have anything uh, you want to add, please do at 514-800. A safe place to work out the kinks in any relationship. It's passion with CGAD 800's Dr. Lori Batito. Trouble Tuesdays, I answer your sex and relationship questions tonight, 514-800, whether you'd like to send in a question or just a comment about something that we've talked about, then feel free. You can call in at 514-790-0800 or email me anytime to laurie at drlaurie.com. This is from our passion poet. It is being reported that divorce rates are expected to skyrocket because of stresses caused by the pandemic, not to mention relationship breakups. And you're very right. Uh, Unfortunately, people like myself are quite busy these days trying to... um, uh, trying to save relationships from going down that road. And, and it's a, a lot of people who are suffering, actually. Uh, anyway, it goes on to say, so I wrote this poem for all the couples who are finding it difficult. We are all under some pressure, most couples more than others. The pandemic caused confinement, spouses' faults you discovered. No one person is perfect in any way, shape, or form. From the added stresses today, relationships are being torn. Divorce rates expected to spike. Every couple has their excuses, but nobody wins when everybody loses. But please take a few minutes. You know who to think of. It is someone you care for. Is It's that someone you love. The answer is on billboards, and this will not last forever. The most important thing, we get through this together. Thank you. Thank you for that uh, reminder. Another question, how come some men do not think that weak erections are a problem with multiple question marks? So as men age, they, uh, their erections get less rigid. Okay. So there's less blood flow, which it's, it's natural, but when you uh, experience a weak enough erection that you cannot penetrate, then we're talking about more of an erectile dysfunction. About 25% of men, older men will suffer from erectile dysfunction that requires some kind of medical intervention. now, why don't some recognize it? They may not recognize it because they're, they're still able to penetrate. But 
men generally know and remember what it was to have a full, full erection versus one that's uh, a little weaker, especially compared to their earlier days. So there's part of it that's normal, but then if it's like if there's a, a real erectile dysfunction happening, you need to check that out. And for me, there's always a, uh, you don't just treat the symptom. You have to look for the cause. What is going on in that person's body, in that person's penis that is causing the, the, uh, the blood not to flow easily in there. So we need to find out. Uh, and there has been research that has shown that somebody's erectile dysfunction, so not occasional erectile dysfunction, like consistent, is a precursor to other problems like heart disease and, and other and stroke and things like that. So you need to you need to see what is going on in your body, and you should be curious to know what the heck's going on here, so that you don't end up one, one of those statistics later on and, and say to yourself, I should have done something about it rather than just get the little blue pill to treat the symptom, but look for the cause. So it's important after a certain age that you get regular checkups, that you, uh, get your bloods done regularly, your cholesterol gets checked, your blood pressure gets checked, your heart gets checked, all of these things, uh, you need to keep doing. I think, and you know, so many times I will speak to people who's like mostly wives or, or women who tell me that their, their husbands or partners, male partners don't go to the doctor. They're afraid of the doctor or they don't go to the doctor. I don't know what it is. I don't know what the blockage is there. Uh, and, and why there's this thing that men don't go to the doctor. Am I, am I, am I completely off here? I mean, I know plenty do, but many do not. And, uh, they don't want to hear what's wrong. I I don't know. I don't know what it is, but better you, (laughs) you uh, get a proper assessment and, uh, try and fix the problem than end up regretting not having gone, uh, to, uh, to the doctor. Uh, last night's show was great fun. I learned a few things along the way. Last night was our trivia show. If you missed it, you can always pick up the podcast. If you go to iHeart, the iHeartRadio app and the CJD page, all our podcasts are right there. So mine included. You can pick it up from there or you can go on my website as well. Uh, congratulations on 21 years of excellence and I have no doubt 21 more. Oh boy. That will make me a very, very old lady if it's 21 more. I can tell you that right now. Uh, But the man, this texter writes, doesn't go and get checked about it. And the girlfriend wife can't bring it up, no pun intended, because it's such a sensitive issue. He goes to the doctor, but he doesn't bring this up because he doesn't think it's a problem. Um, again, you know, going to the doctor and talking about your penis, it may be um, more uncomfortable, granted, uh, doctors, I think, uh, unfortunately don't routinely ask mm-hmm. about people's sexual function and they really, really should. I think that's really important that, um, you know, things have to change in that respect. Like our sexuality is a vital part of our quality of life and why why should it be ignored and everything else asked about 
except for that. So that's really important that we, um, we talk about it. So you should be able to bring it up. You should be able to say, I'm concerned. I heard that, like use me as an example, you know, say I heard on Dr. Lori's show that it could be a precursor to something else. Don't, shouldn't we check it out? Like I'm worried about you. And so being able to maybe bring it up that way, um, is a possibility. At 61, I can say this, if I do not have sex for two weeks, I will get a great hard erection, but sometimes I cannot sustain erection for long periods of time. Was told it's normal by a doctor. Of course, he had to add my best sex years, my best sex years are behind me, still trying to prove her wrong. Well, there are different sex years ahead of you, quality over quantity, more than erection necessary to have great sex. It's not just about... Uh, not just about the erection. Dr. Lori, have you ever encountered women with tight vagina issues? If I don't have sex for over a month and the next time I do is painful, almost like losing my virginity all over again. Uh, so yes, the vaginal muscles, they can, they stretch a little, they usually bounce back, but women can experience this where it can feel a little tighter, which is why I always recommend that you use an external lubricant and that you are well aroused. So you want to be before penetration, you want to be well aroused, lubricated plus an external lubricant. And depending on how old you are, if you're over, if you're postmenopausal, then even if you're aroused, you may not lubricate as much. So you're going to need the external lubricant, but you should use it anyway, because it's a sex uh, enhancer, but make sure you're well aroused. Like you spend a good 15 minutes on uh, foreplay and arousal to get the blood flowing there. And then try and, um, relax your muscles as well. So doing like a Kegel exercise where you contract and relax the muscle, you need to know what it feels like to, to, to bear down and relax that muscle as well, right at penetration. That's going to, uh, that will help you too. So, um, and also keep your vagina in shape. That's the other thing. So as women get older, their vaginas do atrophy. If you don't use it, you know, the use it or lose it, uh, uh, analogy that, that is quite true, especially as you get older. So we know that women who have more regular intercourse have, uh, healthier vaginas because regular intercourse also keeps the um, keeps that muscle younger. It can still, you know, it's not going to be this necessarily the same as you get older, but these are things that you can help. So when you're not having sex with a, a human, use a vibrator or use a, you know, you, you can use a vibrator on yourself and, um, keep, keep it in shape. So that, that's, that has, and that same goes for men, by the way getting regular erections, getting the blood flowing there keeps that muscle going too. And, uh, that blood flow is really important. It's like working out any muscle. If you think about it, if you stopped using your arm, if you put your arm in a cast and you stopped using it for a month or two and you took the cast off, you would notice a difference. You would have lost muscle mass. Your arm would be smaller 
than the your other arm where there was no cast. So think of the vagina in that way. It 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 will lose that muscle tone if it's if it isn't used. So that should tell you. Keep keep using it. Your questions answered tonight at 514-800 to text in. But coming up after 10:30, the stupid story of the day. Then more of your questions like is watching porn cheating you'll tell me what you think as well that's after we check in with our cjd 800 newsroom the following program contains mature subject matter listener discretion is advised from the pleasure and the politics to the hang-ups and the heartbreak you're listening to passion cjd 800 Trouble Tuesday sound on the program, but first let me share with you our stupid sex story of the day. This is the headline, Woman Causes Drama by Insisting on a Paternity Test After She Notices Her Husband Looks Just Like Her Single Friend's Child. So she made some pretty big assumptions. She shared her story on a subreddit, so I want to share it with you. So one of my best friends had a kid three years ago. She said it was a one-night stand, and later the guy expressed no interest in being a dad, so she raised her son herself. No one has ever seen this guy, not even me. But the situation was important to her due to an uncanny resemblance. She says, the issue is this. This kid looks extremely like my husband, like to an insane degree. The hair color, eyes, face, everything. He's even been out with my friend and her son, and people have mistaken him to be the dad before. Needless to say, for three years now, I've had my suspicions, but I haven't said anything. My husband is also close to my friend, and the timeline works out. We were all living almost in the same neighborhood around the time she got pregnant. Over the past year, it's really eaten at me. I see the resemblance growing more and more. It doesn't help that my friend refuses to show me a picture of her son's biological father, no matter how much I asked. It kept spiraling until I had a meltdown and confronted both of them, saying that I will pack up and leave if I don't see a paternity test. Uh, clearly, um, well, long story short, she says, my friend got a paternity, paternity test, but said our friendship is over. The test says my husband is not the father. I feel so ashamed to lose my friend, but I thought my husband would slightly understand since even he sees the obvious resemblance between him and this kid, but he, he has moved out for the time being. And I'm worried this is the end of our marriage what would you have done anything 514-800 or you can call in at 514-790-0800 if you have a question would uh, love to hear from you is watching porn part of cheating actually this person wrote is acting porn part of cheating but i'm assuming it is watching and not acting that they meant to write, but I'm not sure. Um, first of all, acting out, if you're saying, if you're talking about acting out a porn scene with your partner, that's not cheating. Watching porn might be a bit more ambivalent when it comes to what is and is not, uh, infidelity. I mean, typically simply watching porn and masturbating to porn is not cheating 
technically. Um, at least for me, if there's no real person you are connecting with, not like a webcam, like if you were connecting with an actual live person via webcam, I might think differently. But watching and masturbating to me is not uh, technically uh, cheating. But infidelity is a bit more complex than that because uh, like many factors can go into determining whether you are betraying your partner or not, right? Like let's say if your partner is very much against porn and you go behind her back to uh, watch it, then you're betraying her trust. And for her, this may be a form of tre- of cheating, especially if she has asked you not to, for, for example. If you uh, masturbate to porn instead of having sex with your partner, then that's another factor you have to consider. You're choosing porn over sex with your partner, which frankly, yeah, can be seen as another form of betrayal. So there's no real clear-cut answer to whether porn watching is cheating or not. It, it really um, it really depends. If anybody wants to weigh in on this, uh, please do, 514-800. I was wondering, got this by email, can you masturbate the wrong way? I am a guy and some, somehow early on, I started to masturbate prone. And always did it this way. I tried it a few times with my hand, but I guess I never used any lube and didn't get myself off. I still don't know something, does cheap lube have to do with this? I'm not sure what that means. Is it better to masturbate with your hand when it comes to sex or does it matter? I've seen certain articles that suggest that prone so that's on your belly, puts too much pressure on the penis, which can cause ED and not make sex as enjoyable. Is this true? Is there anything I can do to um, reverse it? So I have to say there's no like right or wrong way uh, to masturbate. I personally have never heard that masturbating prone would cause erectile dysfunction. The only thing is if you feel pain, then obviously you're doing some harm to uh, your penis. The only danger that I, like danger, danger in like quotation marks, not really a danger, is that you get used to only one form of stimulation uh, that, and then you have sex with a partner and that partner can't get you there because you're so used to one, one way. I mean, you can try different forms of masturbation. Try masturbating with your hand using lube. Like any lube would work, including like just an oil, like coconut oil, for example, or get a silicone lube or something like that. I don't think there is a... um, a better, a better way. Each of us discovers what works best for us. So if you, maybe you can just vary your stimulation between partnered sex and masturbation. So you don't run into that issue of getting used to like just, you know, one way. Um, the only wrong way to masturbate is not ejaculating LOL. Well, sometimes it's not an absolute uh, necessity. Uh, hmm, is going to a strip bar cheating? 
Hmm, watching porn, not cheating can cause an issue, but not cheating. So yes, you're right. It can certainly cause an issue, but if you speak to women who, um, have, who feel betrayed. So for them, it, it feels like a cheat. It feels like an infidelity because it's the feeling of, uh, it's a feeling of betrayal, right? So technically not, as I said, but the feeling would still need to be, um, need to be dealt with for sure. Uh, my girlfriend masturbates, um, in the last two years with one finger. I want to know, has she lost her hymen or not? Her finger's about five to six centimeters. Um, and it, five cent is, is take under the vagina. So did she lose her hymen? Sorry, the English isn't so, so good here. Um, so a woman doesn't just lose her hymen. The hymen is a thin membrane that stretches once intercourse has taken place. It can stretch with insertion of a tampon fingers or sex toy, but it's unlikely that it will stretch that much with, uh, with one finger with intercourse, uh, obviously a larger opening in the hymen is created, which can cause a small tear, which is why we see some bleeding at first intercourse. But just to be uh, fair here, not all virgins will bleed as the hymen can be stretched even during other, uh, physical, um, activity coming up an 80 year old with a really good libido. We'll uh, get to that question next Passion with Dr. Lori Batido on CJAD 800. Last few minutes to get your questions or your comments in here on this Trouble Tuesday. So a couple of comments with regards to the woman who uh, asked for a paternity test because her best friend's baby looked exactly, or she felt looked exactly like her husband. Uh, couldn't that suspicious woman secretly take hair samples from both parties to the lab, thus avoiding the embarrassing outcome altogether? Uh, I suppose so, but maybe that's more complicated. I really don't know. <laughs> uh, in regards to supposed cheating husband in his shoes, I would run like Forrest Gump. Uh, all things considered, she was justified in asking for a paternity suit as the evidence for her was overwhelming. The end of a friendship is an unfortunate consequence of her decision and the end of her marriage, by the way. The husband also moved out, it seems. And on porn and cheating, uh, but men and women view or see porn differently. Men, even when masturbating, are mostly visual, fantasizing, etc. Women, uh, not so much. There you go. Okay. I've recently underwent a change of what I surmise is a change in my hormonal status. Considering my particular situation, I'm 80 years old and I've had a mild case of chronic lymphocytic leukemia for more than four years. Um, I don't know much about this. I got to tell you. Otherwise I am in pretty good shape. My only symptom is that I tire much quicker than before. So upon one of my periodic blood tests, I was told that my testosterone levels are below 250 mil level, but that it may be due to my age along with the tiredness. I was told to concentrate on foods and beverages that may increase testosterone content. The result is that my libido has increased in recent months and I'm certainly not complaining, but I'd like to know if this is normal and not harmful. 
So as an 80-year-old, it is perfectly normal that your testosterone levels have dropped and that you will be experiencing more uh, fatigue than your younger years. That's a given. Now, people who take care of themselves physically into old age by exercising, eating well, uh, that increases your stamina, including your libido. A healthy libido is uh, never harmful. Like if you're worried about sex and it killing you, it's like 1% of uh, cardiac arrests happen during sex. That's it. So the chances are low. If you can climb a flight of stairs, you can have sex. So don't worry about that. You should continue sexual stimulation throughout uh, the life cycle. Remember before I said lo- use it or lose it, it's uh, it's good for you to have uh, blood flowing to your genitals. It will keep your, uh, your penis healthy. And look, I've met men in their 90s who are still perfectly capable of having intercourse. So there's no, um, it's not a given that you're going to lose your desire fully or your abilities either. So, but, but your general sense of health, uh, not your sense of, but your, your actual physical shape does matter. If you take good care of yourself and you maintain a good physical activity over time and you maintain a healthy weight and you eat properly and you don't smoke and you don't drink too much, all of that will um, help you keep a much longer uh, sexuality. So remember that. Like if if that's something that's important to you, take care of your body so that we can get to that point. I'm a 20-year-old bisexual man, and I'd like to know what should I do to get used to receiving anal sex. As much as I love it, I don't do it that often, and because of that, it really hurts in the beginning, and my partner and I have to stop for a bit. I'm kind of tired of that, so what should I do? Um, So first of all, Uh, A person always has to be ready, ready to receive anal sex. And what does that mean? That means the person has to be relaxed, like that sphincter muscle has to be really relaxed. You have to use lots and lots of lube and you have to go slow and at your own pace. So moving slowly with insertion is really, really important. And, uh, yes, so that's, those are some of the things that you really, you really need to, uh, to keep in mind when uh, engaging in anal play. Of course, there's, you know, many, many more things like there are whole books written about anal pleasure and, and why and how and, and what best ways to do it. But if you can remember the relaxing and the lube and the slow then uh, you should be okay. And if it hurts on a particular day, it's okay to stop. Many other factors can come into play um, as well, uh, especially because in the anus, the the rectal tissues, the tissues there are much are, are thin and much more fragile than say vaginal tissues. So they can tear uh, easily. Little fissures can cause pain. So this is why you go slow and this is why it's really important to um, make sure that you, you use 
lots of lube. I am in a, uh, oh, somebody added in condom too. Yes, it would, that would also be uh, for safe sex. Absolutely. I am in a sexless relationship for the last two and a half years due to a religious factor. Any suggestions for me? I'm not quite sure what you're asking me here. Um, if you are holding to your religious beliefs about waiting until marriage to have sex, that is a choice you make. Nobody can suggest anything for you. You both partners make this choice to hold off on at least uh, intercourse. Now, if, if masturbation doesn't go against your beliefs, then there is always that choice. Uh, for now, but I think it's important that you at the very least have, um, an open and honest discussion with your partner about, uh, a, a, the future of your relationship, about what you want, about both of your boundaries. Like maybe both of you are okay with some, uh, sexual play, but, uh, not going all the way, not having intercourse. So, but that's between the two of you. Like, is this a, is this a romantic relationship towards marriage? Is this like, I'm not, I'm not quite sure because no religion within marriage would say you can't have sex. So I'm assuming that this is prior to marriage. So you guys have to have to talk about where you're, where you're at. If you want to, and she wants to wait, well, you're, that's a problem. So maybe you can compromise on maybe a little bit of fooling around or what have you. Otherwise you're left with masturbation to, uh, to deal with your, uh, sexual urges or get married. I, I don't know. All right, folks, that is it for tonight and your questions. Please remember, you can send me your questions by email to laurie at drlaurie.com. I answer your questions at the beginning of every show. I leave some space for you to be able to ask those questions. So if you didn't get a question answered tonight or you didn't get it in tonight, then email me or off the top of the show, send in your question right away and I will be more than happy uh, to, uh, to answer that, uh, for you. So thank you all for your comments, your questions tonight. Do appreciate it. Um, thanks to our technical producer as well, Dave Simon. You can connect with me on social media at Dr. Lori Betito, B-E-T-I-T-O is how you spell my last name. And L-A-U-R-I-E is my first name, not Gloria, someone thought it was last night. Uh, you can also reach me through my website, drlaurie.com, D-R-L-A-U-R-I-E.com. You can find podcasts of past shows there, but you can also access the podcast to all our shows on CJD uh, and this show uh, as well on the iHeart uh, Radio app. If you have it, just go to the CJD page on there and you can access that or go straight to cjd.com and you can get uh, some of our highlights and some of our shows. Coming up next year on CJD, we bring you the CTV National News. Have a great rest of the evening. Stay safe and remember to live your life with passion. <laughs>